Welcome to the Leap Podcast. I'm Fran Langham, Global Head of Demand Gen, and today I'm going to sit down with our VP of Marketing, Liam, to discuss marketing reporting. So how reporting has changed for us um, under this new way of work, which is our Demand Gen framework. So hi, Liam. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Funny seeing you here. <laughs> <laughs> nice we get to sit down together and have a chat. Um, so I am going to essentially interview you on all things reporting. So to kick off, I think it'd be good to give our listeners a bit of background on how the Cognizant reporting structure has changed over the past 18 months. So where we were and where we are now. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to obviously this switch from, uh, like a, a lead gen, um, model to a demand gen model. So when we were operating under lead gen um you alpha report in you know very much like centered around leads like your cost per lead the number of leads you can pull through and then using those leads like creating waterfalls down so then looking at meetings booked meetings attended uh sales qualified opportunities from those leads and then revenue um some we obviously had an mql target that we were very focused on as well um we were actually, as a company, always focused on revenue as well. Uh, but I feel if you're running on a lead gen model, you often, it, like, that's not always the case. And you might be just focused on MQL, like an MQL target as a marketing team or a, a pipeline target from it. That meant, though, because we were focused on leads, like all of the activity or a lot of the activity that then we put out there was centered around that. So it was uh, when we're running ads, we're like measuring those ads on the cost per lead. Uh, that we're getting uh, from from those ads we're looking like the customer lead on that would have been on ebook like a, a lead of an ebook download as well as maybe potentially if it was a retargeting demo request ad um, and then also on other things when we're like looking at email campaigns or anything that we're, we're really measuring it on that like how many leads we're getting it from it, that classic case of like how many leads do you get um since we moved to this demand gen approach and away from lead gen uh like it, it sort of restructured all of our thinking um and that meant that not only we were no longer looking at this complete conversion mindset about the leads we had to find some way of measuring that demand generation uh where we're creating demand we had to find some way of like measuring that um so we could see when how that would predict our um uh demand capture later and the amount of inbound demo requests we were getting and uh we also had to sort of, yeah and then we had to find a way of sort of doing that looking at like what what had changed there and also have this understanding that there's no longer this linear funnel that we just collect leads at the top and we push uh and we funnel them down uh that actually you know the buying journey is not like linear at all and people and we're actually doing we're marketing to everyone at all, like all stages all of the time um, and at any one point, someone could be ready to buy. Uh, and we're not ever going to be able to put that into our own funnel. Um, so to do that, you actually have to measure everything, absolutely everything. Um, and you can't just measure leads. You've got to like measure all of the sort of metrics that you possibly can um, to like figure out exactly what sort of activities are working. So on that demand creation side, that means we had to come up with a structure around measuring engagement to see if our content was resonating and engaging. 
And on that conversion side, we had to implement different tactics to be able to figure out what uh, what of those um, demand creation tactics we were implementing and, and putting out there and content people were engaging with was actually helping lead to the conversion. Um, so I, we always had in, this, this, um, in our mind this split between engagement metrics and conversion metrics. Um, and we look at both independently with equal importance to sort of figure out, therefore, how uh, people are influenced, come into the uh, come in through like into into our marketing funnel, and then how they progress through it. Um, it's kind of like the the simple way of putting it. Even though I just wasn't simple at all, and I rambled for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think just yeah, listening to you talk through that, um, I'd say the way. What I found difficult was um, when we decided that we would measure everything, I think I still leaned towards the comfortable metrics that I was used to. So, for example, we're saying we need to measure engagement. Uh, we can measure, like, qualitative feedback, like, from our campaigns. But I was very much um, felt more comfortable looking at things like first and last touch attribution, like, in Salesforce. And I suppose, like, before we dig into that, just to explain, I guess, to the listeners how we now think about like create demand versus capture demand. So our DG team are on the create demand. So essentially um, serving valuable content to our audience where they hang out all of the time, which is where we do tend to get the qualitative feedback, uh, where we're looking at engagement metrics, how the content's resonating versus that lead generation approach. And then the paid team are focusing on the capture demand, which is very much those in market now to buy our products. So largely focused around like the Google search terms and things such as that, or the, like the straight off the back demo requests. So I actually think I found it easier when we separated the two, because kind of then you can kind of look at that measurement piece separately. But going back to my first point on sort of me being very comfortable around the first and last touch attribution and using that as a source of truth, what I guess like what would your advice be or has your advice been to the team on just leaning too much towards those particular metrics yeah so I think the thing that we found is like we'd launch um any sort of like we could launch like a like a series of ads a campaign of any sort and the team's like sort of like immediate reaction is to go in and try and find as many uh, MQLs, uh, opportunities, or any close one that are tied to that campaign uh, in Salesforce on that first, or like on a first and last touch ETM, anything that they can sort of like tie there, that sort of uh, that like to that conversion. And then I think at the beginning, sometimes you know, as we all know, you launch a campaign, it's hard to ever see anything uh, like a something directly related to it um there is not always direct conversions and if there's like one or two that doesn't mean that it's actually been unsuccessful so my advice to the team was that we had to sort of ditch this conversion mindset and actually i didn't we didn't want to just see in the reporting how many how many like conversions like a campaign had created whether there was opportunities in pipe um due to like that we could directly attribute to that campaign like if there is amazing that's great but i also want to see all of those engagement stats about how the campaigns that we have running are like how they're they're operating, how our ICP are like responding to them. Are they liking 
liking them, um, uh, like what's our impression and like frequency numbers on those ads? Like, um, are we getting tons of comments? What's like, what's the sort of like footprint we're making with with that campaign? Because if we're making, if those engagement metrics are all really high and we're doing really well, um, and then I can see that actually conversion metrics are on the rise in general on a trend. So our inbound demo requests are increasing upwards. Then I know that those campaigns are working. We're just not able to directly attribute them. Um, we're not, we can't, you know, people are looking at the campaigns, engaging the campaigns, going off, doing their own thing, talking to uh, a peer about Cognizant, getting some feedback, then coming back straight through Google ads or through Google Organic and submitting a demo request, and we'll, we won't be able to see that direct attribution to that campaign. So we don't want to get lost on that conversion mindset to know whether your campaign's a success. It's because of because of how people buy, we just got to accept that, you know, we've got to piece these different things together. Obviously, we've been able to implement things like self-reported attribution, which give you a little bit more of a picture. Uh, so you could see in the self-reported attribution that maybe they mentioned, for example, uh, this podcast, uh, and they say, oh, I, I, you know, I listen to the loop. Uh, and then we're like, okay, we know that that create demand activity it is working. But again, the data will differ and you have to take in all sources because it might be that, you, you know, your, your um, like, uh, UTM attribution says they came in from uh, our demand gen playbook course, for example, but then they say that the first time they, they heard, or the main way they've heard about us is from the loop. Um, yeah. And then, when, then then we can see that actually both, both campaigns ha- had an effect. So I don't want, but if you were just to look at that UTM conversion, you'd credit all of it to the DG playbook um, and you wouldn't even think about the loop podcast. So I think that's, that's been my, my main advice is to the team is just like, try and ditch the conversion mindset, piece everything together um, and don't like write something off uh, based on one set of metrics. It has to be on all of them. You know, if something's not engaging and there's there's no engagement on a campaign or uh, content and uh, there is no conversions against it too, like, yeah, it's probably good to go. But if one is high and the other seems low, then you, you, you need to be looking like from a, a bigger picture perspective to know whether... Um, it's something that you continue and run with or whether it's working or not. Yeah, cool. And then I think as well for us, the I think you've always said to us like the first and last re- touch attribution equal weight because I think we used to look at last touch only for a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same thing again. So you could, that last touch could be, it's just one point in, I suppose, in that buyer journey that we've captured. And, uh, and yeah, we might, we wait uh, a lot of companies, including Cognizant, we we do we wait a lot of the attribution on that last touch. But when we're like making decisions as marketers about where we're going to spend and where we're going to put our um, efforts in going forwards, um, both both sides actually have equal weight in terms of how they've influenced someone, uh, and that we can't just be just if we put everything on that last touch, then we might get stuck into that sort of. Um, that trap of then putting all of our money into demand capture where where that last touch will will often be which is you know in your uh, google paid ads or search or um mm. other retargeting as well yeah definitely i think as well in like the theory of measuring everything um seems a bit wishy-washy when we're talking about it like this but i think in practice when you actually get into that those demand gen initiatives and start launching them you can see how powerful 
that is so like I always when I try to educate my team around it I think like if we look at our cold calling live um series that we run say like to our corpse owner is one of our corpse owners is sales um and we run training for SDRs with a great um, subject matter expert Morgan Ingram and I think we don't I don't go into Salesforce and see like last touch cold calling live first touch like cold calling live but we know from sales leaders speaking to our own sales team and saying like how beneficial they've sent their SDRs to this training it's been really helpful um we know that from the qualitative feedback we get from the shout outs we get on LinkedIn that this is like a really valuable initiative and for us it's like a bottom-up approach so um SDRs aren't necessarily going to be that decision maker but we're actually creating like so much value there but the way in which we actually report on that is very qualitative so it's things like screenshots feedback Morgan who leads the sessions getting dms saying how amazing it's been and how beneficial it's been and probably if you'd asked me even two years ago like I would wouldn't say that was the best way to report on that but that we know this initiative is like having so much impact but you rarely see that in Salesforce and I think it's probably getting comfortable with that notion that the qualitative feedback and the positive sort of responses, the mentions in how did you hear about us from Cold Calling Live is enough. It's like, it's, it's something that's brought us so much awareness. Um, yeah. But then if you're just looking at it, as I keep saying in Salesforce, then it would we would kill it because we're not seeing it anywhere there. Yeah. I think this is the thing about measuring when people, like when there's this whole idea of like measuring everything, you can't just measure leads anymore. That isn't, measure everything and just report on everything it's like yeah measure everything and still report on the things that matter and uh in terms of when it comes to like a live show or a podcast qualitative feedback like is way more important really than the than the direct leads you'll generate from it um that's literally people telling you obviously that they love the content um and they want to keep coming back which means which is proof of your brand uh resonating in that in that like moment which is exactly what you're doing those events for you're not doing them you're not doing top level um you know thought leadership events to immediately convert someone to to your brand so it's like it's more about measure everything and then report on what's important um and also yeah. and that what's important doesn't always obviously have to be that conversion and lead metric so yeah i totally agree yeah and i, I suppose again it's like it seems really simple but i those people don't do this it's kind of like reporting on what makes sense for what reporting in line with your objective because I think often like we would run like video campaigns on LinkedIn for example but then we'd still be reporting on like click-through rates whereas uh, just because we were used to doing that like click-through rates like a comfortable metric but for us it's like we were trying to get people to consume those videos in feed we didn't necessarily want them to go anywhere so if your objective is reach which it was then we had to get comfortable looking at comments thinking about what the engagement rate is versus the click-through rate and I think that's been an educational piece because people just kind of report on what they're used to because they've always done that um and I think because we're going 100 miles an hour to get things out there all the time we do kind of lose well, we, we're working on it now but like we in the past we've just lost like the why like why are we actually doing this like what are we doing what's the objective of getting this out there yeah I think there's like always there's been that bit that we've probably focused on a bit more definitely over the last year of like when asking for a port starting with like what do we want to find out 
Yeah. Rather than just asking for all of the metrics possible. Um, and then once we, if we start with the question, then we know that we can build the right report from it. So it's like, what do, yeah, what do we want to find out? Do we want to find out uh, whether these ads are being seen or do we want to find out whether they're driving traffic because we're trying to drive conversions with them? Uh, and if we're trying to find out whether they've been seen, then obviously we're going to be looking uh, and and the, and then clicking through isn't actually that important. We're not going to be really taking that much attention to click through rate, but obviously we're going to look at the impressions and the, the frequency that, um, that that ad has been seen and when that's starting to to dip down. Um, uh, or like no, it's when the frequency is starting to get too high, and therefore we're seeing like engagement on it fall. So I think that's made a massive difference. So it's like you can measure everything, but then when it comes to actually reporting on it, you want to be able to be able to be like, this is the question I need answered. And therefore these are the metrics that are going to help me answer that question. Yeah. I like that as a, like a, a method or like a more methodical approach. I think for us, um, how we've changed, I'd say like even beginning of this year, our monthly reports from the demand gen side are just like slides and slides of tables and numbers and um, <laughs> just, just everything because we decided we needed to know everything, but then it's actually then how you use that data. And I think the main crux of it is the storytelling what what story like what quite as you said what question are you trying to answer tell the story that fits the best you know the what you're essentially trying to tell um so like for us like i think a great example is we talk loads about value loops so create places where your audience can subscribe it's your owned audience and you can consistently then deliver them value like it's a lot easier to do so this podcast for example or a newsletter um and I think we probably spent two or three months just like we've got, I don't know, 100 new subscribers to our newsletter and slide. You know, we our podcast has got, I don't know, a couple of play like 10 plays this today or what, whatever those look like. And they for me, like I was looking through and it didn't mean a lot because it was just kind of like static metrics that I wasn't really sure how the team could action. But now we've actually said, well, OK, we've got 100 new subscribers. Who are they? Like, what does it look like? Like, what's the industry? Is it our core ICP that we're trying to go after? Is the content actually resonating with the right types of people? Um, and like on the podcast, you know, we can't, like podcast data is famously like quite hard to track, but what we can do is say, okay, well, why don't we look at how the podcast has grown over the past year? Why don't we look at um, our human verified attribution how did you hear about us and see if the podcast is getting mentioned and then it becomes or our specific episodes um getting like which episodes are getting the most plays because if that content's resonating we could do more of that topic essentially and I just think that digging deeper I'd almost do like hyper focus on that kind of stuff than just doing slides of like surface level metrics yeah yeah no 100 percent 100 percent agree with that and then on just going back to the human verified attribution piece, which is essentially a field on your form saying, how did you hear about us? Um, well, ours is actually on the thank you page, isn't it? But um, anyway, essentially asking your prospects where they've heard about you. Um, what would your advice be? Because we get this question quite a lot just on what do you do with that data? Um, maybe if we could just talk to you like how we're actioning it in Salesforce and things like that. Yeah, I think as keeping it as a free text field gives you like the full range of what it could be. I think it like the temptation is to like put it into a pick list and and get people to pick like where they're like from a bucket. Um, 
the problem with that is you lose all of like that extra detail that you really need sometimes um you know people will if you, you keep it as a free text field people like will mention specific people specific partners exact episodes of a podcast um specific places that they've seen your ads or watch them um and you lose all of that data instantly if you have it as um, a pick list. The problem that you have if you, by having it as a free text field is that data then becomes extremely hard to quickly um, analyze, which is what we found. Uh, you know, there are spelling mistakes in that free text field. Some people are extremely detailed, other people are extremely vague. Uh, some people give multiple different um, sort of like sources at the same time. So they might be like Facebook ad plus your podcast and it becomes hard to like to filter and measure through and, and kind of figure out like what what like on quickly, like what scale, where people are coming from on a what scale. Um, so what we've done is sort of like built in the reverse rather than have a pick list, we've built in a ton of rules into Salesforce that categorize them uh, categorize our self-reported attribution into into different categories that are like our main ones so that could be like search social uh word of mouth which between would be like the biggest three then uh podcast uh other and then content um so that so you could have podcasts and then other content on top of that um and then partners as well um and and then a few others with that, what you can do, and then you have a bucket also, sorry, for like an other bucket for everything that can't be categorized. And you regularly scan through this to see if there's any new categories you kind of have to make or if you need to update your rules to categorize um, that self-reported attribution properly. Um, and then what that does is it allows us to get like a quick overview using the categories. And then we can dig in deeper by having the free text field. So you could see like, okay, for example, we know that, by looking at the data quickly, we know that like 40% of inbounds are, are actually coming through search. And then we'd say another 30% word of mouth, but wire from word of mouth. And then we can look into that category and then look at the free text field and we can see that actually like the largest proportion of word of mouth is actually maybe previous users. Um, and then that can make us, that can help give us an idea of what we do for all campaigns for previous move, uh, users and people who have left their current company using Cognizant and then gone on to and join a new company. Uh, and we know, you know, they're, they're like from our own data, really likely to come back and, and use the product again. And it could be the same for search, right? So maybe we're putting all of our, uh, putting, a, you know, too much resources into um, SEO and actually we're just seeing a huge amount of it come through um, Google ads, uh, like, and, and uh, like competitor campaigns. So we might see that people like say that they just searched for zoom info. Um, and then we can really dig into that data. Whereas if you put it as a pick list to begin with, you lose all of that information, uh, mm -hmm. uh instantly uh, like resigning yourself to only know, um, one small facet of it. So it's a bit of, bit of work to implement, but like gives you the richness of that data that you need. Um, like, uh, and it comes straight from, from, the, um, the customer themselves as well mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense because it's like anything with this type of reporting like it's never going to be super simple which is um can be a bit of a pain but it's it's so valuable like knowing as you said like what initiatives work like where to put the resources and also like just hearing about channels or places that we haven't even thought of 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that comes up exactly. Like yeah. we we I mean we now do a fair bit of um paid advertising on Reddit, but we only really started Reddit because of what we saw in our self-reported attribution that people were mentioning Reddit yeah. um, as the main source that they found out about us. Yeah, for sure. Um I guess just to like round off the conversation, the big question that we always get asked or it's kind of like a I've got a two-part question for you um so when um our marketing team are um targeted on pipeline and revenue like we've, we've always been very vocal about we're a team that want to have a seat at the revenue table and, and contribute there and we're not just like leads or MQL generation focused I think one of the hardest things when we're when we've moved into this demand gen sphere has been like we can measure everything so the team go to lots of different places to get different data um and knowing that processes do um help with efficiency and like us helping us like operationalize things i think the big struggle for us has been like what should the process be for reporting given that you can kind of get that data from anywhere um so maybe um you can talk to us a little bit about how we think about it in terms of how we now work with Francesca and how we try and look um, for single sources of truth in some instances, like just to make sure the team are like super aligned. Yeah, so um, Francesca is our marketing um, insights and reporting and analytics manager. Um, we should have invited her. We should have really. <laughs> she's, she's the real brains behind the operation. We should get uh, an episode with Francesca. It'll be much more, it'll be much better than this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so she's really sort of like changed the way that we can pull a lot of data in together in one place. Um, and we obviously, we visualize it uh, uh, quite often in uh, Google Data Studios or Looker. Um, but this means we can like pull in Salesforce data alongside platform data, alongside um, uh, like Google Analytics and website data. And then, then we can get that, that view straight away of um, from engagement side to conversion in one in one straight view, and this makes it much easier for the team in general. They can just go to these big dashboards that Francesca has built for them, rather than having to go find it all over the place. Um, and what we've done recently is uh, to transform some of these reports, um, and this is very recently into sort of more to diagnostic uh, reports as well. So they don't can't don't just go to the same dashboard to view um like number like the the pipeline number generated for a particular segment or uh the number of uh you know mqls and meetings books we've built for a particular segment but also if any of those are sort of flagging and showing sort of like anything changes or concerns that we'll be able to work through the report um and be able to diagnose potentially what that cause might be so being able to quickly compare it to previous months previous quarters to check for seasonality, uh, say pipeline number has increased, but uh, pipeline value has dropped, being able to see quickly whether that is reflected in uh, the size of accounts that we're bringing in or whether it, there's been a drop of ACV like across the board. Um, and this, like, this is kind of like a leveling up then from being able to go to one place and just see all the data you need, but then still not really knowing what to do with it. Uh, to them being able to in instantly see that data be diagnosed and sort of like broken down to give you like 
the top headline result pieces of information that you need so that you can know what changes you need to make as well um but yeah i think it's really changed how how the team works and it doesn't just when this isn't just for the demand gen team we have the same processes then across the whole team so the seo team can do the same and not only look at that where they're um where their key rankings are on um on the key keywords they're tracking but also you know the conversions and assisted conversions that those pages are driving to um and like the relationship then between the ranking and conversions as well which is obviously something that's really important we all know but it's like easier to see when it's all in in one place um but yeah we should get francesca on we definitely should. I mean, you did a great job there. Um, I think I think as well, like, the key learning for me as well has been getting the, everybody bought into what we're doing in the sense that I think definitely in a traditional, more traditional style, previous companies that I've worked at, um, it's very much like the more junior members of the team are very like top level metrics and we own like the funnel and all the pipeline and stuff like that. And it's kind of like getting the whole team to care about the full end-to-end journey. Um, and albeit we can't track everything, but since we've looked at like, the, had this more diagnostic approach, I've got like DG managers coming back to me and saying, oh, have we thought about seasonality? Or it's actually normal that month one of the quarter has this trend in this particular segment. And it's really nice to see that leveling up piece. And I don't think it always, I don't think it just has to sit with like senior members of the team. I think it should be like an owned thing by everybody because then everyone's focus it's then drills down into that focus like what are the focus areas um i think like more traditional setups i i guess like more junior members would be like shielded from that or just not privy to kind of like what the full pipeline looks like yeah and i think it's yeah it's like that it's getting everyone involved in and i think but i think this is so important about marketing team being completely targeted and driven by revenue and pipeline like as soon as you have that you can really you know get the whole team focus on that one number and then everything that peels back from revenue pipeline your the your meetings booked your, all your conversion rates in between um they all count so everyone is now concerned with them because they have some sort of ownership over that that end number um i think where it all gets lost is when you know a marketing team is driven by a top level metric um and then it's only left for the like senior leaders to worry about whether the business actually hits its revenue goals and its business goals um whereas when everyone's concerned with it then you actually have people as you say and does happen going away and digging into things themselves and being like oh i'm slight i've seen this i'm slightly concerned i feel like we might be falling down at this point um which is impacting our final revenue number here um and then actually just means you've got eyes on everywhere and then, and is what then ends up making you like a high high performing and reporting team. Yeah, most definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um and then just finally, what um I guess what advice would you have for say we've companies or marketing teams are thinking about implementing this new reporting process, they're accepting you can't measure everything, there's been this mindset shift. How does that then align with senior leadership? So, for example, how can I ensure that what my team are reporting on is what you're going to take to the board and it's helping you to kind of like tell tell that story as well? Because I 
think that like getting buy-in from senior leadership to look at that approach differently to like consume data in a different way to accept that we might be providing qualitative feedback instead of hard leads and whatever else that is I think that's the gap that most people worry about it's like okay well we get the team to do it but then how are we then communicating that senior leadership Um, so I guess what's your advice there I think you have to get buy-in to begin with so you have to show some success in the numbers that matter like uh, unfortunately that's like top top like yeah the most important thing right you can't be there's 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 always going to be an element if you're not showing the right like decent pipeline and revenue that no one's going to listen to the the rest of the way you're reporting so if i'm coming in and talking about engagement metrics but i've got nothing of business value then obviously um it's going to be a very difficult conversation um so i think we had to i mean if we went out back to how we started we obviously had to spit out the funnel um and demonstrate that like inbound demo requests and inbound leads converted at a much higher rate um than they did uh than uh content and the and lead generation leads that um uh, we were we were collecting i think it was it's something crazy like uh you know um four percent of inbound leads became close one opportunities when it was like 0.2 percent of of content leads so the difference was massive so then once we we could demonstrate what we were trying to do then it was all about educating how and showing those relationships between um the inbound demo requests and the engagement metrics so if we're showing um if we're showing to them we're showing like qualitative feedback and stuff we also need to be showing that relationship with inbound demo requests increasing at the same time uh it's not one or the other we've got a demonstrate and we got to find as many ways as well that we can tie that activity back uh, and be and be smart about it which means you have to do a lot of dig- digging and it's messy and we're never going to be able to say x number of leads um from this activity it's done it's more like i we ran a webinar we had this much nice like we had this much positive feedback from it um i can see it mentioned this many times in self-reported attribution there are a few um opportunities i can see where live where i can see that they attended this this um webinar at the same at some point or they mentioned it on a disco call which we've now picked up as well um and you've got to feed all of that back and then you can show that bigger picture. Um, because at the end of the day, senior leadership and the board and everything that that their main what they want to hit see is is the revenue goals being hit. Um, so you have to be able to tie all that engagement metric back to it. And I think you've also got to be able to tell a story um about how these things work and be confident about it. So, you know, no longer can you launch activity and be and just answer the next day like how many leads has it got? You've got to be able to say and show with confidence in data as well that how how long it will take for that for those activities to generate demand to then convert to revenue. Um, so for us, we would say that like you know we we expect after an activity pipe us to be able to generate pipeline like two to three times our sales cycle. So um, that gives us that break, and we've been able to show that in our data that you know we start with an activity and it will take us at least you know, two to three times our sales cycle before we can see that reflected in the pipeline. Um, and then through time, you'll be able to prove that and show that. And and then people will start to buy into your way of reporting and no longer expect you to come to them with leads. But it is definitely a big education project and also 
demonstrating with the data um what like what it means and not just you know saying oh i'm not measuring leads anymore um they don't i'm not just, just measuring mkls anymore i'm going to give you engagement because the revenue is going to be what counts uh, mainly yeah definitely makes sense and i suppose just um on that in terms of what you were saying about how we sort of pulling the data from lots of different places it's great to have it all in one view which we've been working on with francesca but we don't have like one single fancy reporting tool that gives us all of the answers and i think that's what also i'd say you have to get comfortable with like just taking you know your platform data your salesforce data um we have um started using HockeyStack recently um, just to help us to show like the influence of our ads because we have like so many paid social campaigns. Um, I think that's been good. But again, that's like, we didn't, we don't now use HockeyStack and that's, that gives us all of the answers. It just helps us to tell one part of the story. Um, and I think like, for me, it would be like, if companies are starting to like take this journey if they do have resource it would be to get somebody like Francesca to help us to paint like pull everything into one if that makes sense and how and educate on how we should be thinking about the data but I think I always get asked like what tools do you use um and I think people are expecting me just to go oh I just use this one and there's the answer yeah it's not as, yeah unfortunately it's what well, we haven't found it to be as simple as that there's not just no one one tool to do it and like we end up you know combining like hockey sack data with salesforce data with uh platform data and and um google analytics data to to like get to build a picture for us you know um and reality is you do you have to end up amalgamating and collecting all this data together um to give you to give you one one view um that yeah that makes at least a little bit of sense yeah but I suppose, and I guess, like, your one piece of advice would be get yeah, comfortable that you can't measure everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, get comfortable that you um you can't measure everything, but and and get and get comfortable um you know accepting that you're just going to be pulling lots of different things together, and there's not going to be one metric that you're going to be able to report on. Um, you have to be able to combine and report on as uh, like everything that is needed when necessary I suppose yeah definitely and I think even now like even not looking thinking about what you would present back up to the board it's very much like you could be presenting a video of like positive feedback like on one slide and then pipeline on the next side but it's I suppose is do you think it's like trying to show the um like senior revenue team that um like we're looking at them with like equal weight into well not equal weight but do you see what I mean that like that's like knowing that then influences this kind of thing yeah exactly and what and the engagement side that engagement metric says qualitative feedback is a precursor for revenue and what comes next yeah. so that if you're in a period of when those are high and doing well and you have some campaigns that are like flying and their their engagements off the charts and people are talking about them on social then you're you'll only be that matter of time before like for us two to three times sales cycle that is then reflected in pipeline so that's that's why they're your talking opportunities as well because if you're you know they can they can be your signal that you know you know you're gonna be able to hit pipeline goals at a later date because of the success of these campaigns right now yeah 
makes sense. Cool. Well, thank you for that. I won't keep you too much longer. I could go on with many more questions, but um, hopefully we have given the listeners um, kind of some idea on how we navigate reporting in a DG world. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks for having me. See you later. See ya.